0: Hi, everybody. It's Bob Vetter here. Before we get started, and just in case you have to get off this podcast early, if you'd like to get underway with your own healing and clear away any energetic blockages, you can get on a free call with me. Go to healwithbob.com. Hello, listening family. I'm back today again with Shai Plonsky. And in our last session, we learned a lot about his personal story about learning Thai massage and how that fit into his life. Today we're going to go a little further. So first, welcome back Shy. So glad to have you here again. Thank you, Bob. It's so great to be here. I love this. Wonderful. Well, we heard about your personal life, a little bit about your, uh, your journey and how Thai massage fit into that. Today we'd like to explore a little bit about the influential people and the teachers that you had and specifically what you learned from them. Okay, great. Take it
1: away. Okay, (laughs) I'll take it away. So my primary Thai massage teacher is a man named Cam Tai Chow. And I learned from him and then I ended up actually running that school that he was that he had founded called the Lotus Palm School and was the senior teacher there for nine years. So Kamtai taught me a lot about uh, The core techniques of time massage and how to teach it in a really systematic way and I'm forever grateful for that. So that includes the fact that there are these four pillars to the practice. So last time I know I was talking a lot about the meditation and the loving kindness aspects of this massage, which are really the heart of this practice. And oftentimes when I'm in class, I'll often say like, once we've meditated and and once you understand that, it's almost like you've learned everything I need to teach you. Go be free butterfly. (laughs) Except, you know, really the question is, how do I turn that into a massage? So, you know, Another thing I said last time is that it needs to be at least as good to give as it is to receive, and really in that order. So, you want to make a massage that feels good for you. How do you turn meditation into really a healthy practice for you? It's using your whole body. And so, the second pillar is called stances, and those are the positions that you put yourself in. And we just learn a few of those positions. And then the third pillar is called rocking. And that is really, as it sounds, just literally like rock forward with your body, rock side to side, or make a circle, like it's called whirlpool rock. And so those help to really ensure that you position yourself where you feel stable, where you can use your whole body and work from your core and make it feel effortless so that finally the fourth pillar is all about touch. So Camtai gifted me that understanding. And then when you have that foundation you can learn pretty much anything and you can learn things really quickly and i love that when i teach a Thai massage course i can take someone who's never massaged anyone and in a full weekend for example i can teach them how to do already a 60 or a 70 minute massage and a big part of that is understanding these four pillars and I teach you really how to become your own teacher so that as you go forward, you really from the inside, get the answers to a lot of your questions that you may have. And then another one of my formative teachers is this beautiful Indian man named Dr. Bali, Dr. Madan, M-A-D-A-N Bali. And he's a yoga teacher. He was my main yoga teacher. And I met him when I when he was 77 years old, I think. And he continued to teach yoga six days a week until he was 95. And I so blessed that I was also one of his primary students for all those years, because he was this shining jewel and shining light of yoga. He also really helped me to Witness, and it's so obvious that if you take care of yourself in a certain kind of way, then you don't have to, you know, your body doesn't have to break down, your mind doesn't have to break down in the ways that we are often uh, accustomed to in the West. That, you know, until he was ninety-five, literally doing what he loved to do and being this shining jewel of yoga and life and living well. And so, really, I took a lot of what he taught me about yoga, about being a silent witness, about getting to know yourself from the inside out and incorporating that also into how I teach Thai massage. So at the start of my career, I was really gifted to have both of these seminal people in my life. And then over time, you know, you grow, started a family, And another part of my story, which I didn't mention last time, is that, you know, I certainly at the start was my father dying. And then later on, it was my life really blowing up. (laughs) And I, you know, I basically got into a situation where my ex and I decided we couldn't be together anymore, but we were also from different countries. So I had to move to a new country. Where I didn't really have, you know, the work visa yet, and all these kinds of things, and figuring out like getting over the pain and the agony of a breakup, and financially I was at a low point and didn't really have a place to live. All of these major obstacles that all came up kind of all at once, really in a very surprised and surprising way, and also trying to raise a daughter together at that time. She was three years old, so you know, at that point, the next phase of my learning was really in learning how to forgive learning vulnerability and how vulnerability is really such a key to opening up my heart and being authentic and really healing deeply so that I'm not just carrying all this weight and all this baggage kind of going forward because it's really important to me that as difficult a transition as I was going through that I stay friendly with the mother of my daughter, for example, because I wanna raise a child who's happy and well-adjusted and feels really supported all the way around. So, you know, then there was the teachers like Brene Brown, who really taught me so much about vulnerability and just leaning into vulnerability. And I love that expression where, you know, you have a choice, We, we put on masks all the time and try to protect ourselves in, in situations. But when you're with people that you feel like you want to take a chance and trust that person, that you really you do. You lean into what it feels like to be vulnerable and share from your heart. And that, and then you know, when you deal with what comes out on the other end, more often than not, it strengthens you. It it reaffirms how you know, how, again, connection, how important it is, and it strengthens you, it builds you up in a certain kind of way that's uh, invaluable, you know, and then, and then combining that with the kind of forgiveness teachings that I taught, I learned really from Marianne Williamson, and I love her book, Return to Love, which is all based on the teachings of A Course in Miracles, and, and it was a miracle for me to be able to go from, like, the low point that I had at, you know, and was in my life to rebuilding. And so much of that was just forgiveness and it's not even forgiving anyone in particular. It's just trying to hold that energy, hold that space. And mostly for myself, you know, to, I don't know how I got into this situation, but I forgive myself. I know I did my best. I know that I have so much to learn, you know, and just kind of staying with those kinds of ideas and ideals and, those have also were also some of the some great teachings and then really, as I healed through that transition and then also having time massage to offer to people and getting into these sessions, uh, you know it's like the whole purpose of giving the massage opened that much more that you know again as great as it is and it is you you help people on so many levels with time massage to, get rid of all kinds of aches and pains in their, in their body, all kinds of emotional issues as well, really helping them to tap into to themselves more to create this holistic experience. But as I learn more about myself and just how important it is, for example, in that world of vulnerability and the world of forgiveness, setting intentions would be another kind of important practice and channeling all that into my massage and you know it's like the the level of healing and the level of appreciation of of life and
0: and just being so grateful really came through so i'm curious about the the three things that you just mentioned um which were um forgiveness and setting intention well two things forgiveness and setting intention uh Setting intentions. Did you find those in within the te- what you learned from your uh, your teachers, your Thai massage teachers, or was this something that came from your own experience that you then um, kind of put together with Thai massage? So this is definitely something more that came from my own experience, and especially setting
1: intentions in the massage. And then how that helps you to set intentions in your life. Mm. Um, you know, again, I, I see that there's so much value in giving this massage if you want to live a great life. And one of them is that giving the massage is really like that. It becomes like an, a place to experiment and to have like this contained way of of trying something out of, getting into this kind of healing space, getting into this kind of knowing yourself space, and then you have applications in your life. And setting intentions is definitely one of them where, you know, the whole point of of setting an intention is to say to yourself, like, I, I am wanting to be the conductor here of my ship. And I want to align myself with the present moment. I want to align myself with um, positive qualities and really spiritual qualities, things like love and healing and forgiveness, like I mentioned before, abundance, etc. And if I put my mind there, then I'm inviting that in. So in a massage, That's what you're doing. You're at the start of your massage, for example, you would start, let's say, with your hands together, not even touching that person yet. You're just breathing and you set an intention that says like, okay, I want to invite in healing into this massage. And it could be something specific like healing your shoulder or healing your back or whatever it may be. And let me be a, a vehicle for healing so that as you then give the massage, ideas come to you that support that intention and then as you go through the massage you know we often our mind is going to get distracted but because you're doing this train this intention work you keep coming back to your intention to go deeper in the whole quality of what you can offer up in the massage and again that's this container this small way of, of working with intentions and i say small because then you have like your whole life. I'm trying to be a great father. I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to have a great relationship. I'm trying to just live the best life I can. And we're so often in this way that we sabotage ourselves without even realizing it, when we start to have doubts about ourselves. And it's like those thoughts just kind of take over and they get in the way, you know? So when, you, when you've already been setting intentions, as a practice in the massage, you realize like, oh, that same way that helped me give a better massage, that helped me to really get great ideas about what I was gonna do to massage that person that got this feedback back to me that said like, wow, I feel so good. This was like the greatest experience of my life. Well, hey, let's take that and just use that in our life.
0: Now, and- what about if, if I am the, the receiver, if I'm the person receiving a massage, what would be an example of the way that I would put my intentionality into it? And I'm thinking for our, our listeners, you know, some of whom probably get a massage on a regular basis. So how can I make my experience of receiving massage more um, meaningful and more effective through this intention setting?
1: Well, I love that question. And I think, you know, I mentioned at the beginning uh, that before you even touch, you set an intention. But if you have a client that you know is open to this kind of conversation, well, that can be guided for one thing where you can absolutely invite your client to set their own intention or to set like a joint intention together at the start of the massage. Uh, You can talk about what you're experiencing at different times of the massage uh so if you are on the receiving end ways that you can do it is yeah you just set that in you you can ask your receiver to set an intention maybe to heal a specific part of their body and do ask them to do the same thing that if their mind is going off into what i want to have for dinner or the next thing that i've got going on or whatever it is well just come back to your intention or come back to some idea of love or loving kindness, and that's gonna help you to, again, become more of a vehicle for healing that's gonna happen in your body.
0: Hmm. I also wanted to go back to your, your talking about your teachers, um, one of whom was a, a yoga teacher, and yes. talk about the, the relationship between Thai massage and yoga. And what I mean specifically by that is, you know, we live in in the United States in the era that we live in, where there's a yoga studio on, you know, practically every street corner. And we have some ideas of what yoga is and what it isn't. And I was wondering if you could address yoga as being an important part of this, and then what aspect of yoga specifically, is most connected to Thai massage. Okay, so Thai massage
1: is often called Thai yoga massage. And the origins of Thai massage are actually in India. So it's an old form of massage that dates back 2,500 years to the time of the Buddha. And the person who's often regarded as the founder of Thai massage is an Ayurvedic doctor named Dr. Jivaka Kumar And Ayurveda is Indian medicine and essentially a sister medicine to yoga. So Thai massage has always had its roots in India before then traveling and growing up as a practice in Thailand, like 2000 years ago. And when you see Thai massage practiced, you'll see, and and to receive it as well, when you receive a Thai massage, uh, very often there is putting people in yoga postures. Something like a forward bend is very common. Something like a, a back bend, like the cobra, that we talk about in in yoga is very common. Um, And then any number of other moves. So when you look at it, it really almost looks like that asana kind of yoga dance could be part of it. However, I I mentioned it before that it's really highly customized as well. So, you know, if you are someone by the way is listening, you're like, well, that's too much of a, you know, that I'm not really flexible. That's okay. Everybody can move and be stretched to some degree. And the role of the person giving is to just find your comfortable limit and test that out with you and work with you on that. Um, But for me, yoga, you know, why yoga is so valuable is because of, you know, literally yoga means to unite. It's a union. And you're connecting with that spirit, God, whatever it may be, the physical components, you know, just help to create the right environment in your body to allow for the next level of transformation. And I, I definitely am attracted to that aspect of it as well. And I've mentioned it, that we want to move our body in a certain kind of way because that, that changes your environment in a really healthy way. We want to get out uh, knots and tensions in the body so that by the time you're done having a session, you really feel euphoria, you feel bliss, you feel so alive and so good in a session as well. And that's also how I practice from the from the giving point of view as well, that I want to move my body in really healthy ways. I want to feel that kind of connection with some kind of loving spirit, and then give a session from that place. And then that helps me to grow further into that evolution
0: of myself. Beautiful, shy. I think that's a good place to end because uh, in our next session, we're going to move into the way that you are teaching now, the work that you're doing now, and exactly how you put all of this together in your own unique way. And it's a fascinating story, really, really beautiful. So thank you for being here for part two. Oh, thank you so much, Bob. I,
1: I love it. Thank you for the opportunity to share here.
0: And thank you folks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you're a very spiritual person who just needs a little help clearing away what's been holding you back through some relatively quick healing techniques, get on my calendar for a free call. Go to healwithbob.com. <laughs> This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.